This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to Marriage Therapy Radio. I'm Zach Brittle. Typically, I'm here with Laura Heck. She's back from her trip, but uh, we recorded this one-off episode while she was still traveling, um, and I'm really glad we did. Occasionally, we will get emails from you, from listeners, who are asking us about the Enneagram. Um, It's a favorite tool of mine. You may never have heard of it, but I do find that it has value for couples if they can learn how to use it and understand it. And the best person I know to talk about that is my friend Nico L. Stark. Nicole is in corporate intelligence and strategy. She helps uh, executives and other high-powered folks uh, gain influence in their corporate settings. But she's also an Enneagram specialist and easily the smartest person I know about how to use it to gain deeper insight. And so um, I'm really excited about this talk, um, in part because it's not your typical Enneagram talk. A lot of people who go into this, they want to go around the circle and talk about one through nine. But this is more of a, I guess, a broader overview. But as always, it's a cool conversation. Stick around. Do you remember how we met? Uh, you can remind me. <laughs> <laughs> we met because we share a best friend. Uh, we both have a friend um, that uh, is dear to our hearts. And he was in L.A. and I was in L.A. with Abby. Oh, and, that is right. Um, okay. And we all ended up at the same crash pad. And I just remember you kind of, I don't know, turning to her and just taking really good care of her. And, uh, I was like, I want to be friends with this lady. So, um, since then we've been trading conversations around my own Enneagram search and your own, uh, insights and wisdom into the way the world works. And so I'm glad to have you on. Thanks Zach. I'm glad to be here. The closest thing that I know about your job is that it's that lady from billions. If our fans have ever watched billions, um, (laughs) Wendy, who I think is incredible. And in fact, I think her marriage to Chuck is incredible. So you might have opinions about that too. But um, the reason you're on today is because we occasionally get um, emails from people who want us to talk about the Enneagram. And I can't do it uh, without you, honestly, because uh, Nicole is one of the smartest people I know, especially around the Enneagram. And um, I asked her just to come and kind of see if we could make sense of it. So the Enneagram is that number thing 
that tells you how you order coffee coffee at Starbucks, right? Like if you're a two, you're, right? it, it, absolutely not. <laughs> okay. But what is what is curious is that it's becoming it's actually not so curious, but it's becoming more and more popular, particularly among millennials right now. Yep. And I yeah. think that this is potentially dangerous because of a few things. Okay, let's hear it. Um, well, first what, of all, okay, yeah. give me the cliff notes. Like, what is it? So uh, people who are listening and who have asked, they already have their kind of toe in the water. But so for folks who are hearing the word for the first time, what are we talking about? So the way to frame, uh, I think, a more true and accurate understanding of the Enneagram is to contrast it a bit with what we understand other personality tools to be. Okay. Americans in particular, we love our personality tools. I mean, I try to keep up with them all, but there's many, many. Um, and because and we have the most popular probably is the, the, the Myers-Briggs, right? Most yeah. people are familiar yeah. with like, I'm an INTJ or, um, but when I talk about it too, I talk about, there's also like, which Game of Thrones character are you? You know, to help you make sense of the way that you. <laughs> Which is, I think, a fundamental work. problem. And this yeah. is why I'm going to express it, is that yeah. we love our personality tools. However, I think that there's a lot of problems. And in and, and honesty, and, and a little bit ironically, I'm not really a big fan of personality tools in general. Mm-hmm. And here's why. Uh, primarily, number one, all of these personality tools that we have are and have been developed to be user-friendly. Of course, obviously, they're not very helpful if they're not easy to use. The problem is, is that humans, we are not user friendly creatures. Sorry. Hmm. So at best, these tools are limited, even though can be, you know, they have their place. But I think at best are are very limited. And at worst, I find that they're destructive because they reinforce a lot of our um, more simple navigation uh, systems that we have, meaning that, that we like very quick, easy, binary decisions. And when we have new tools, the human mind starts using those tools to reinforce the ways that we already are, rather than to actually become more sophisticated and expansive. And for example, we'll start categorizing people because, oh, it's just a new categorization system that we can quickly identify people and put them in a category in order to navigate it, right? And that is, that's not, that's not super high functioning actually because it's not really digging into the more sophisticated realities around humans and how we relate to one another right so that's first there's more yeah of course so tell me um like we were going to what is it so again in context of the contrast of what we understand personality tools the the enneagram is an ancient tool yeah it's over two thousand years old likely one of the one of the oldest psychological tools that we probably have. Which means it wasn't invented in some like Stanford MBA class. That's right. And it wasn't invented in pretty much the last 100 years, which I'm thinking the majority of all of our personality tools that we use now have been developed in the last 100 years. And, and many of them as recent as the last 10. So this is a huge distinction because none of the existing personality tools can even hold a candle to the Enneagram in terms of the time and intensity. And it's been pretty much in the hands of every personality, or I should say psychological and philosophical paradigm Mm. and over thousands of years, right? So this is a huge distinction in the fact that it it is fundamentally 
has more depth and complexity and sophistication because it's been around that long um, to evolve and to develop. So that's one key factor. The other is, is its intention. The Enneagram is, you know, Ennea means nine and gram is map. So it's the map of the nine types. Okay. And it's the, the core kind of intention of the Enneagram is to bring to our conscious what is our core operating system so that we can integrate and become, well, first, so that we can be, become less dependent on our core type and be integrated into all the other operating systems. So here's one huge point to make about the Enneagram that I think is missed is that human beings are all nine types. Mm. And that is really important to, to keep in your mind is that we're not only one type, we're all nine. However, that kind of core default system without really being conscious of what it is, it's very difficult, if not impossible, to operate within the other eight operating systems. Right on. And when we bring consciousness to it, we can we know which one is our primary and we have a map for where to go, where we integrate, where we disintegrate and the movements that occur in our stress responses or when we're really high functioning. So the thing about the nine types, this is going to be the thing that most people are familiar with if they're paying attention in 2020, right? They, the And this circle with the lines, like, is that the actual map? Well, I mean, it's been evolved over you know, thousands of years. So there is, that is, that is the map that we use. I understand what you mean, but people who are again, kind of hearing about it, uh, or learning about it, they may have seen this circle that has a yes. bunch of, sort yes, of directions that inside yes. and that's yes. the map. Um, that is the map. and typically w- there's, there are in my world, um, which is not as, as layered of course as yours, but a lot of people find their, their way by you know, filling out a big, big survey and it kicking back to them that you are this, this, and this. The the thing that was really cool about meeting you and particularly meeting you and watching you talk to Abby is you have more of a bias toward discovering your type or your or your operating system within the context of conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, and the reason why is that, again, humans, we love things to be quick and easy and... Yeah, I'm uh, click and a bunch of buttons and get my yes, results right, and now right. I know how to order my coffee. Yeah. Right. And so the tests are not very accurate as a result. And it's not because the tests, it's partly because the system is so incredibly sophisticated and it's difficult to design a test. And those who have designed them, I think have done a great job. However, most of us aren't connected to our core operating drives, motivations, fears, whatever. And so we don't answer correctly. And that kind of leads me to the other, the next point about the Enneagram is that it is most of the personality tools that exist are all based on behaviors. Mm -hmm. And the Enneagram is not. Okay. And this is a fundamental differentiator. It is instead based on your core motivations and drives, your core fears, and what I like to to call the parts about each of us that are most deeply heroic. Hmm. And these are beyond strengths in my mind. Like we can all have strengths. It's not strength finders. It's not, you know, per- particular aptitudes in in the same kind of way. It's much bigger than that. It's it's a it's related to our design in the world, how we are, how we can show up at our best in the most heroic ways. Okay, cool. That sounds like that begins to sound appealing to me. And I want to, I want to make sure that we provide value to the people that, that are listening to me right now. And so I want to reflect on and have you talk about that within the context of our first meeting. I always tell people it took me about four years to, to settle in on the number that I the operating system or the number that I was because I bounced around quite a bit. And I when by the time I got to you, I had become convinced that I was 
based at nine. Like I was camped out at nine and I was going to move around in those different things. And then you and I talked for, I don't know, 45 minutes. And you're like, you're, there's no chance you're a nine. You're like an eight. You're like a fucking eight is what you said. And <laughs> it clicked for me and it made me go, Oh, okay. Like that makes sense. But what, what is that? Uh, what are you paying attention to when you come to understand about somebody's say heroism or somebody's operating system or their, their type? Like, what is it that you are, that you're observing? Yeah. First, I don't want to be over authoritative on people's core design. Like I am not the author and finisher of people's design. However, I, I, I do, um, happen to be gifted at being able to type and it is something that is very nuanced right and that's the difficulty in actually uh, approaching the Enneagram is because we're all nine types so actually being able to locate core kind of energies and default energies because we participate in all of them and and actually the higher functioning we are the less easy it is to actually locate our core type that's mm. the point of it um when we're disintegrated and we're we're in our lower kind of op, uh, disintegrated selves it's much more easily it's much more easy to identify our core type so what i i'm looking for multiple things at the same time right and a lot of it is is energy things that aren't being directly expressed and there's a language and and i use instead of personality types i actually use the word operating system mm-hmm. um because i think it's the parallel is really accurate actually in in the sense of that we all have a language that that we are that we're coded with there's a certain lexicon there's a certain priorities there's a design there that the language was developed for a very particular design just like when we code um different languages are better have better uses than others right for particular things so it's it's energy it's language it's movement it's priorities it's processing we all have a different way of processing information. We have a different way of speaking. We have a different way of carrying ourselves and our energy. And no one thing is the thing that is clearly defining your type. It's the complex kind of integration of many things that adds up to your operating system. So what? It, how does it helpful for people to discover or to decide or to land at kind of their core operating system, like to name it, how how has that become helpful for people in your experience? Well, it gives, it gives a language to what we already know, right? There, most of us are pretty smart people and Mm. we're intuitive and we have instincts and we've lived long enough to kind of know certain truths about ourselves and others and have a certain experience that's consistent in patterns. And so I think what, how powerful it is, is being able to articulate that in a way. And really, here's the thing, is that where most personality tools answer the what, which I would even say astrology actually can answer the Mm -hmm. what quite accurately, there is none that answers the why. Mm -hmm. And so for the Enneagram in its, um, in its kind of best, it is really helping us understand why we're doing what we're doing. So in other words, you can have nine types that are all behaving identically. They're all can be ambitious and type A and whatever, but we're all doing it for a different reason. There's a core drive. And that why is actually holds an enormous amount of intelligence um, in our in our journey to understanding ourselves and others with a higher level of accuracy. The things that we already know but we're not very accurate in framing and in a way that we can map it or navigate it with 
greater intelligence. Right on. Earlier, you said something that I, I, I meant to write down, but I didn't. But I want you to uh, expand upon. It was um, it was before we came on, but you, you differentiated between the, the way that you interact with the Enneagram versus a therapeutic approach. Right. So yeah. remind me what you said, and then let's talk about that a little bit, because my folks are definitely interested in the therapeutic approach, but maybe it would be helpful to be informed by the broader perspective. I, I love that. And I agree. Um, yeah, I, I primarily use the Enneagram as an as an intelligence tool. Okay. And in that way, what I mean is, is that when we create strategies, when we create plans, when we um, dig into deeper understandings, those are complex forms of intelligence that help us land at different places in order to create new plans and to iterate on our knowledge, right? And to gain deeper insights and deeper places to explore. And that's a little bit different than therapy, even though it can be similar at times. But there, you know, the Enneagram is often used as a therapeutic tool. And I like to frame it with a little bit of nuance as it's much more of an intelligence tool, meaning this, that unless you can actually activate the insights or activate mm -hmm. intelligence, it's not very useful. It's much more, it becomes more of a, what would you call it? More of like, you're just enlightened, right? And, and meaning you're, you're educated in something, you're enlightened in something, and that has its benefit. And that tends to be where people go with the Enneagram in terms of therapeutic. It's like, oh, I have this new understanding. I've been enlightened. I didn't know this, so this is interesting. But unless you can actually activate those insights mm -hmm. and activate that intelligence, it's that's it. It just becomes a very interesting source of knowledge. Mm. Hey everybody, I hope you're hanging in there. If you're anything like me, you barely know what day it is. I mean, it's crazy out there. And I know that for me, working with my therapist has been a huge help just to feel a little safer, a little saner. And toward that end, I wanted to remind you of our partnership with BetterHelp, that's Better H-E-L-P, which is an online platform designed to connect people with therapists in the area that can help them just talk through whatever's going on. They have done a great job. The more we learn about them, the more impressed I am. And the more we hear from our other listeners they uh, that are enjoying it, I feel really good about pointing you in that direction. And if you use our link, you get a 10% discount. Um, but more importantly, I think it's uh, just a healthy reminder that if you want somebody to talk to, if you just want to feel more connected, this is a great way for you to get better access to better help today. So check them out at our link. It's called Try Better Help. That's betterhelp.com slash MTR. And again, if you use that link, you get a 10% discount off your first month. It is a subscription base, which means that you have a sort of constant access rather than, than sort of a weekly appointment kind of thing. But I think, again, anything that helps you stay safe and stay sane has my vote. Okay, uh, back to the show. Okay, so let's say I'm a housewife and I am sitting at home on a Tuesday afternoon and Facebook feeds me an Enneagram quiz and I go, oh, I'm going to take this quiz. And I click a bunch of buttons and it gives me a fancy chart back and it, on it, it says, you're probably a four, right? Like, it seems like you're a four. What do I, the housewife, do with that? Like, what would you tell me to do with, with that, that single piece of information? Because a lot of people get a lot of confidence and certainty out of that piece of information. Right. But that, that's probably not a very good strategy. But so what do, what do you have for that, that, that housewife? Well, one is what is their intention, right? If their intention is to have okay. fun and their intention is to be distracted for a moment and just, you know, have a, an experience with some different tool for fun. Okay. That's, that's one thing. 
uh, or whatever there are, you know, there's different intentions. If you actually really want to dig into the intelligence of the Enneagram, it does require a lot more intentionality because it is a complex tool. And I think most truth is more complex. And so you have to be willing to enter into the complexity and in order to, to glean the intelligence. So does that, I mean, so first to answer your question, I would say this is that that's just a place to start. So most of these tests and most of these, you know, kind of fun things are just a place to start exploring what type you might be. My biggest kind of point of advice or caution is that whatever test you do take to not to, to, to use it as the, as the beginning point and only the beginning point of, of, of how, where to explore what type you might be. The tests are generally not very accurate. And so you could be very overly committed to some, you know, test that isn't quite accurate. <laughs> yeah. Right on. I'm just trying to think about like, cause here's what she's going to do next is she's going to take the quiz again and she's going to click all the buttons for her husband. Right, 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 partner. right. Yeah, yeah. And she's all of a sudden, she's going to learn that she's a four and he's a nine. And then she's armed with some dangerous information, yeah. but, you know? So what do you have for her? Every good thing has a cost <laughs> and you have to be willing to pay for it. I mean, to be educated and to actually be able to use new tools, there's an element of responsibility in, in, in how you, you know, uh, navigate the tool and investigate that tool and apply it. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's not easy. There are no quick fixes in relationships. We all know that intellectually, and yet we can't help but kind of seek, you know, quick bits of information that we can apply. Right. It's in our nature. Yeah. So I think that what I would suggest is instead of being dependent on those quick landing moments is actually get the book, you know, or work with somebody who's spent, you know, years, really uh, understanding the nuances and the nuances I think are really where the power of the Enneagram lies, Mm. not in the more obvious accuracies. There is the nuances of of how we shift and how we, we, we shape shift in many ways Mm. (laughs) and where that comes from. Right. So uh, first I would say definitely, you know, invest in reading each type in its depth rather than any kind of truncated summary. One of the things I love and also about you that also infuriates me is how you, how you don't make it easy. Right. I mean, I think that people want, want to be um, given the, the number and have that number now explain all of what they are feeling and thinking and should do and what they should interpret from their partner. I just appreciate your caution. And also I'm like, come on, Nicole, tell, tell me what's up. (laughs) Well, the best rewards. Help this lady. You know? Come on. Yeah. I, there's, I, wish, I wish it were different. I mean, for myself as well. But I think the point of inspiration is there are great rewards with the, the you know, the greater levels of investment. And, and the thing that's difficult for humanity is, is that we understand immediate costs to things like, like investigation and education. We know that cost. It's laborious. It takes a lot of time and energy. And we're very uncertain about the results. And we're disconnected to the benefits because they're unknown. So we're very unlike to, you know, it's unlikely for us to, 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 to want to pay the cost for, for, you know, undefined benefit. And so I'm here to say the benefit is great, which is like in everything else. Like if you're going to become an athlete or if you're going to become an innovator, right? Usually the most exceptional people in the world are willing to take the risks um, for some uncertain reward. 
Mm. And that usually those risks, especially the higher risk it is, the usually the greater potential for the reward, but it is still mm. uncertain. All right. So if I'm if I have this lady and I'm I'm willing to do the work, right? Um, because I'm really interested and I'm inspired now. And you know what? I'm gonna let my husband decide if he's gonna do his work or my partner decide if they're gonna do their work. Um and then they and then they do it, they really lean into it. What is the what it what is the benefit, do you think, particularly within the context of a dual, like a dual relationship? Like you and I know mm-hmm. that this is this is what this is our why, right? This is our operating yeah. system. What's the value in that? The two greatest values are this is one, I can now see my partner as badass mm. because I can see the 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 core design, what they're actually built for by design and how at their best, how freaking amazing that is and inspiring. And simultaneously, is this number two? This is the number two. Okay. This is the, the, the equal one simultaneously is that the parts of us that are most irritating and most destructive are entirely 100% connected to the parts of us that are the most brilliant. Mm. And when we can actually see that, we have two things as a result, increased compassion, you know, for ourselves and our and the people around us, our mates and our partners, and um and an enormous amount of reduced irritability. Mm. <laughs> and because we expect it, because now we can see, we know we can locate exactly its source. And when we mm. can locate its source, we can expect it. Like you and I are both eights and uh, our stress responses will always be to, for all of us, we're, we're going to, oh, we're going to misuse our strengths when times of stress, because it's what we know. It's what we're good at. So of mm. course we're going to go to what we're good at, but we're going to misuse them. So for you and I, we're going to use way more energy than what's necessary. And mm-hmm. for eights, we're the defibrillators, right? We're designed to win wars and move mountains and overcome the biggest obstacles. So in times of stress, we are going to unconsciously defibrillate everyone. Mm-hmm. And in that, we are actually sabotaging the very thing we're designed to do. And we do the opposite. And every single one of us does this. It's the paradox, right? Mm-hmm. And so we'll actually start killing people, metaphorically. <laughs> you know, they're perfectly well even though we're designed to bring the dead back to life, we'll do the opposite. Mm. But when I do that now around my family and friends, and I'm using an enormous amount of energy and I'm, you know, my electricity doesn't have any place to go. It can now be seen as humorous. Like, Oh, there Mm -hmm. she goes. We got the, we got the whirlwind going by us and they can even Mm. address it with a certain amount of comedy. And in that it brings, it will shock me in or it will look, it will help me see what I'm actually doing. It'll bring it to my conscious and then I can stop it more quickly because I can go, Mm -hmm. Oh, yep. I am doing that. Sorry guys. Or whatever. Right. That's an example. One thing that I will tell clients, particularly when we are comfortable in the Enneagram language type world, I'll offer that part of what, part of what you're just describing, I can imagine you right at your house kind of swirling around and creating, using all this energy. And of course I do it too. But when you have enough language around this, you can look at Nicole and say, Hey, what's going on for you? Like, it seems like your eight is showing like not your eight, but it seems like you're showing up in the way that I know you're supposed to, but it's not productive. Do, what, are you hungry, angry, lonely, tired? Do you need, are you stressed out in a way that I don't know about? Is there something going on versus being really annoyed by it? It's kind of like the, an alternative to the humor piece. It's like, yeah, how can I, how can I care for you now that I understand that you're not just being a big jerk? Well, to take it further, every operating system has particular things that, that is very predictable that work for us because it's what we're looking for. 
Mm-hmm. So as an eight, I don't want to be taken care of in moments of stress. I usually want to be angry, right? And I want to to be able to exert my own personal will on the world, right? So there is there are strategies and actually how you approach each type when they're in their stress response. And it becomes much more specific than a lot of the therapeutic, you know, um, modalities or tools or options become, right? Because we're not all the same. And I don't respond to, the, to many of the typical therapeutic suggestions. I don't respond mm-hmm. to that. Yeah. So it increases our accuracy in knowing how to navigate each other and really ourselves. I think most importantly, like, and if we're both doing it, I'm able to self-correct oftentimes faster than anyone can help me self-correct. And that's yeah. not always true. I can oftentimes correct much faster when I do have people who are showing up you know, and really seeing me yeah, um, than I would by myself. Yeah, I dig it. I mean, and I think this is the, one of the, uh, another version that I use, and I think this could actually go to personality tools in general, but I think couples get in trouble because they tell themselves uh, the same stories over and over again. They have access to about a thousand words or maybe 10,000 words. And when they've been together for a long time and they don't build their vocabulary, they get into ruts. They become roommates. They don't, they don't actually uh, tell new or interesting things. They don't learn new or interesting things. This is where I find the Enneagram of great value, particularly for people who are willing to do the work, is that you can expand your vocabulary by 10x if you really do like lean into some of the, what was the word you used? I don't, I don't think you used nuance, but the, did you use you, yeah, nuance? Yeah, nuance. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you can really lean into the nuance of it, then it gives you permission to tell new stories, you know, like, Oh, that's just, I know what's going on for you. Or I know how that's, I know how that's playing out for you in the same way that, um, you know, which game of Thrones character are you? But I, I do like how much permission there is to kind of move around the, 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 the nine types or the map, if you will. Well, to that note, I mean, there's a couple of things to say. One is that the reason why I often don't describe myself as a personality specialist is because Humanity tends to worship very powerful tools, mm-hmm. right? And we forget that it's just a tool. So we, we're, you know, the, but when something's incredibly accurate and powerful and precise, it's so amazing, it's so transformative, it's so the intelligence is undeniably powerful that we tend to worship the tool. And I'm fundamentally against that. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes in that, in that same vein, the, the Enneagram, like our, all of our other tools, ends up becoming another place to hide. And so many people who are devoted to the Enneagram, like they're like all of us, we, we, and particularly the more intelligent we are and the more intelligent tools that we use, it becomes perfect places for us to hide. So Mm. what you were saying in a sense is that these new stories or these new, all of that can be very dangerous without um, a desire to catch oneself and to, and also to not want to be more identified with your core type. Hmm. And that is usually opposite of what happens. Usually, particularly for certain types, right? Like eights love being eights. Like, I don't fucking care. Like I, you know, if I'm intimidating or whatever, I don't care. And it actually confirms my bias. Right. And it's, and it helps solidify me more in my eight self, which is actually the opposite of what the, the goal of the Enneagram is, is, is designed to do. And so we must learn that 
you know, because we feel so good and being justified and being seen in our core operating system, we naturally will be even more committed, overcommitted to that type. And that can be dangerous. We have to be more sophisticated. We have to learn to be many things simultaneously and not try to use it as another place to be validated, particularly in our bad behavior, which I did for a long time, by the way. I know from experience, right? It gave me permission because I'm a fucking eight. Get out of my way. (laughs) And I think the more we grow, actually, really, the power of the Enneagram is that I can envision what I need to be more like. I can say, okay, the three in me is really what I need to leverage right now. Hmm. Or the two in me or the five in me, right? And they're all, and and to actually learn how to access those parts in me more rather than being more devoted to my eight self. All right. So I'm listening to this podcast and I'm, uh, I'm intrigued. Like you've hooked me, right? You got me. I'm going to take a quiz. Maybe I'm going to go buy a book. I'm going to look up your website, whatever I'm going to do, but where do I go? Like, what's the next step for me? If I'm, if I'm decided that I want to learn more and I want to reap the benefits that you're describing. This is actually a difficult question. Back. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't really, because it is, it is, I'm it is a really good interviewer. It is a difficult question. <laughs> I mean, I, I think I'd have to just, I don't have a better answer than the one I've already said, which is you really have to investigate um, through reading books and educating yourself. On All right. Cool. So let's start there. You, you said, um, read the book. Is there the book? Well, you know, different Enneagram practitioners would all potentially disagree with, you know, each other on what it is. And we all like everything else. There's different schools of thoughts and we've all bought into a particular school of thought and whatever. I mean, you know, the wisdom of the Enneagram, these is my teacher. Russ is my teacher. I did a lot of due diligence on the people, you know, the teacher, the Enneagram teachers out there. And I decided on Russ because I felt that, that, that he didn't avoid the complexities mm. and the nuances and the incredible uh, uncertainty and unclarity. He actually dug into that. And I think that there's many Enneagram teachers that are, are excellent and I wouldn't want to disparage any one of them. Yeah. But what I'm particularly looking for is a certain depth of credibility and, and not wanting to make it easy because that's when we actually lose a lot of the intelligence. <laughs> well, it's funny because the book I always recommend is called the Enneagram made easy. And it's kind of like, <laughs> it's kind of the, it's the dummies book with all the pictures and the cartoons and it makes you kind of, yeah, go I think I but I think, that one and I was yeah, not impressed. <laughs> I think, you know, I said it, I said it took me about four years to settle and it was because I consumed a lot of different types of content about and around it. And I, and I tried things out. Like I settled in and said, I think I'm a six and I hung out there for a little while. Mm-hmm. And then that didn't exactly That's feel awesome. very That's good. Great. You know? That is the practice. I would say that is a great. Yeah. And I think, and so I think while it's a challenging thing to a difficult answer, and then thank you for your, like sort of your, your main book my piece of counsel would be consume a lot of stuff. Watch those quirky YouTube ladies who make the videos about, you know, how different numbers are surviving the coronavirus quarantine and watch the, you know, listen to different podcasts or there, but there also are books out there that are really designed for couples to help couples understand how to, you know, take this thing deeper in a way that gains better understanding uh, between and for them. So I, I, I endorse your answer. And I'd be careful. I mean, really just like anything else is, is really, it's the practice of, for all of us, right. That when we're seeking um, new intelligence and we're wanting to grow, one thing that we have to watch out for is how 
lazy we might become in our critical analysis, mm. right? We have to we have to be critical thinkers, and we have to, you know, consider things in terms of the the realities that are generally not simple. And so, as we're approaching any intelligence, it's good to engage critical thinking. And and I would caution a lot of the books that are trying to overly apply. <laughs> just, there is a trickiness in there. The truth yeah, is that the intelligence true. applies the same way it, 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 a lot of the times. And then it's the same intelligence you can apply multiple ways. It doesn't, you know, it's the, the exact same intelligence between couples that it is between you and your child, between you and your coworker. Yeah. And, and essentially it's all the same practice. We yeah. don't, you know, and that's something I just like to remind people of. It's the, Which is a practice about me, not necessarily a practice about you. Well, it's two things, right? It's one, it's learning to see yourself more accurately, right? Of course, it, it, both in our high points and our low points so that we can catch ourselves and self-adjust, self-correct, right? Like the mark of, of excellence is, is not perfection. It's how quickly we can recover, right? So that's something that the Enneagram really helps us do. But secondarily, it's our willingness and ability to adjust for others. They're equally important. Mm-hmm. And when we're, we're committed to doing both things at the same time. And I think that's, you identified something that humans like to do is we like to pick one thing and it's mm-hmm. good to start somewhere. Like, I don't want to diminish, you know, starting with one thing is, is helpful. Compartmentalizing is helpful in the moment because it's very efficient. However, well, it gives me something over, to do. Yeah. we've been overly trained to compartmentalize because it's easier. Okay. Two things. Cause we've got to land this plane. Okay. Um, one is I kind of really kind of thought and hoped that we were going to, um, I was going to try and get you to go all the way around and talk about ones and then twos and oh, then threes and shit. then fours. Yeah, no, and, um, I'm really time. glad we didn't do that. Like, I, <laughs> I, I think this conversation has been much more valuable, at least for me. The second thing is, um, talk to me briefly about Wendy and Chuck. <laughs> I love this. It's so funny. And, and this is pretty accurate. I, but what if there's been so much of your audience who have no idea who these characters are? Okay. So Billions. Okay. So yeah. So, so Billions are this character, Wendy. Here's what is actually, oh my gosh, Zach, this is what we need to say first. Okay. All right. First, I realize that there are many people, not me, but particularly women who are offended by these characters and billions, Mm. just so you know. Yeah. And so what is, and it's interesting to me that I, it took me a while to learn this, right? Because for me, it's so natural for me to identify with you know, to me, I, I'm not naturally afraid of people's darkness, right? Because it's connected to the light. Mm-hmm. And so however we use our intelligence can of course be used for bad, but there is no, there is no power outside of danger, Yeah. right? So I am not uh, offended by dark or danger because it's all the same thing. It's the source, okay. the source is power, yeah. right? So, but I'm saying this because a lot of people just do not like Wendy or any of the characters in Billions. I think they're despicable and corrupt and horrible, right? So well, sort of, because Rebecca and I, when we were watching it, we were reflecting that I think we're halfway rooting for every single character in that show, except for Chuck's dad. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, true. <laughs> right, right. The, the, the story <laughs> writing there. There's no redeemable qualities yeah. about. Right, anyway, but like these, these two, tell me, tell me, tell us. Well, I just, you know, Wendy does something similar to me when I mean, she's not in, in corporate intelligence and she's not a strategist. She's a therapist, right? Who this the powerful axe is, is, you know, major money yeah. player who hires to help him essentially navigate all of the nuances of 
the political and psychological realm, right, in order to conquer. Yeah. Um, and so I am similar that way, but not the same. I'm not a, I'm not a therapist. Um, yeah. And I do a lot more strategy, but very, very similar. Like I engage uh, corporations and individuals, which is pretty much I help them map um, all of the immeasurable intelligence. And I think that's what's so powerful about Wendy is that her role isn't about the data and spreadsheets and about managing, you know, particular logistics. Her, the, what makes her so incredibly powerful is that she's navigating all that which cannot be measured. And mm -hmm. measurable intelligence is usually the most powerful intelligence because it's yeah. not something we can see. So, but I don't know what you were trying to, what you, where you wanted me yeah, to Yeah, you didn't that. answer my question, so I'm going to answer it. <laughs> okay, you answer it. You answer the way you want to I'm going to answer my question. <laughs> I, I love their marriage. I actually have clients watch the pilot or this first episode of the first season on purpose. Um, I actually love Bobby and Lara's marriage too, Yeah. because, but, um, one thing that Wendy and Chuck are really, really good at, and you're, you're not wrong. There's a darkness about their relationship for sure, but they are very practiced at repair. Like they're very, that, that couple is yeah. written, written to model, um, how to come back from, from, from the darkness. And there's a scene in the pilot where they're going at each other and what about your job and what, who did this? And you make 10 times. And she kind of just goes, hold on. Can we dial this down a notch? And then Paul Giamatti, Chuck goes, yeah. And then they just kind of regroup and they kind of settle into their stuff. And um, so for those of you who weren't jazzed about the Enneagram conversation and you still want to <laughs> take something away. It was absolutely worth it. I, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly with what you're saying. It's, and you know, the other thing to note that is particularly not normal about their relationship is the degree of honesty, even yeah. though they both hold secrets like every yeah. human does, yeah. but it's a different a way that they, they, they engage honesty. And I think that's amazing. Right on. All right. Well, listen, thank you. I always enjoy talking to you and I'm glad that we had you on. Okay. Thanks, Zach. Yeah. So there it is. There's the Enneagram as seen through the eyes of one of my favorite people, Nico L. Stark, who is easily the smartest person I know about the Enneagram. And just remember, if you want to learn more, um, there's no shortage of resources. Just be careful. Remember, you're at the start of a conversation, not at the end. Um, and if you want us to have Nicole back, let me know. Let us know. Um, we'd love to have her and see if she can help us understand how some of these numbers, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, play with each other, particularly in a relationship. In the meantime, if you are stuck, if you're struggling, if you're needing some extra support, don't forget about the resource called BetterHelp. It's online therapy um, or therapy from the comfort of your own secure online platform. And uh, we've heard great feedback from listeners who have signed up and uh, begun a relationship with some of these really quality therapists that are all over the world. Um, and uh, you can get a lot of help and support, specifically in a time when that's hard to come by and it's hard to get into somebody's office. I know I'm having a hard time getting my into my office. Um, you can find BetterHelp through uh, betterhelp.com. That's better, H-E-L-P.com um, slash M-T-R. I think you get a discount if you use our code. And um, again, uh, just want to thank you for listening and for putting energy into your relationship, making it better today than it was yesterday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. 
Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.